Section 9 of the Heptameron of the Tales of Margaret, Queen of Navarre, Volume 3. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Leonard Wilson of Springfield, Ohio. The Heptameron of the Tales of Margaret, Queen of Navarre, Volume 3 by margaret of navarre translated by george saintsbury section nine tale twenty six part one in the days of king louis the twelfth there lived a young lord called monsieur d'avannes son of the lord of albret and brother to king john of navarre with whom this aforesaid lord of avannes commonly abode now this young lord who was fifteen years of age was so handsome and so fully endowed with every excellent grace that he seemed to have been made solely to be loved and admired as he was indeed by all who saw him and above all by a lady who dwelt in the town of pampeluna in navarre she was married to a very rich man with whom she lived in all virtue inasmuch that although her husband was nearly fifty years old and she was only three-and-twenty she dressed so plainly that she had more the appearance of a widow than of a married woman moreover she was never known to go to weddings or feasts unless accompanied by her husband whose worth and virtue she prized so highly that she set them before all the comeliness of other men and her husband finding her so discreet trusted her and gave all the affairs of his household into her hands one day this rich man was invited with his wife to a wedding among their kinsfolk and among those who were present to do honour to the bridal was the young lord of avannes who was exceedingly fond of dancing as was natural in one who surpassed therein all others of his time when dinner was over and the dances were begun the rich man begged the lord of avannes to do his part whereupon the said lord asked him with whom he would have him dance my lord replied the gentleman i can present to you no lady fairer and more completely at my disposal than my wife and i therefore beg you to honour me so far as to lead her out this the young prince did and he was still so young that he took far greater pleasure in frisking and dancing than in observing the beauty of the ladies but his partner on the contrary gave more heed to his grace and beauty than to the dance though in her prudence she took good care not to let this appear the supper-hour being come the lord of avannes bade the company farewell and departed to the castle whither the rich man accompanied him on his mule and as they were going the rich man said to him my lord you have this day done so much honour to my kinsfolk and to me that i should indeed be ungrateful if i did not place myself with all that belongs to me at your service i know sir that lords like yourself who have stern and miserly fathers 
are often in greater need of money than we who with small establishments and careful husbandry seek only to save up wealth now albeit god has given me a wife after my own heart it has not pleased him to give me all my paradise in this world for he has withheld from me the joy that fathers derive from having children i know my lord that it is not for me to adopt you as a son but if you will accept me for your servant and make known to me your little affairs i will not fail to assist you in your need so far as a hundred thousand crowns may go the lord of avon was in great joy at this offer for he had just such a father as the other had described accordingly he thanked him and called him his adopted father from that hour the rich man evinced so much love towards the lord of avon that morning and evening he failed not to inquire whether he had need of anything nor did he conceal this devotion from his wife who loved him for it twice as much as before thenceforward the lord of avon had no lack of anything that he desired he often visited the rich man and ate and drank with him and when he found the husband abroad the wife gave him all that he required and further spoke to him so sagely exhorting him to live discreetly and virtuously that he reverenced and loved her above all other women having god and honour before her eyes she remained content with thus seeing him and speaking to him for these are sufficient for virtuous and honourable love and she never gave any token whereby he might have imagined that she felt aught but a sisterly and christian affection towards him while this secret love continued the lord of avon who by the assistance that i have spoken of was always well and splendidly apparelled came to the age of seventeen years and began to frequent the company of ladies more than had been his wont and although he would fain have loved this virtuous lady rather than any other yet his fear of losing her friendship should she hear any such discourse from him led him to remain silent and to divert himself elsewhere he therefore addressed himself to a gentlewoman of the neighbourhood of pampeluna who had a house in the town and was married to a young man whose chief delight was in horses hawks and hounds for her sake he began to set on foot a thousand diversions such as tourneys races wrestlings masquerades banquets and other pastimes at all of which this young lady was present but as her husband was very humoursome and her parents knowing her to be both fair and frolicsome were jealous of her honour and they kept such strict watch over her that my lord of avon could obtain nothing from her save a word or two at the dance although from the little that had passed between them he well knew that time and place alone were wanting to crown their loves he therefore went to his good father the rich man and told him that he deeply desired to make a pilgrimage to our lady of montferrat 
for which reason he begged him to house his followers seeing that he wished to go alone to this the rich man agreed but his wife in whose heart was that great soothsayer love forthwith suspected the true nature of the journey and could not refrain from saying my lord my lord the lady you adore is not without the walls of this town so i pray that you will have in all matters a care for your health at this he who both feared and loved her blushed so deeply that without speaking a word he confessed the truth and so he went away having bought a couple of handsome spanish horses he dressed himself as a groom and disguised his face in such a manner that none could know him the gentleman who was husband to the wanton lady and who loved horses more than aught beside saw the two that the lord of avannes was leading and forthwith offered to buy them when he had done so he looked at the groom who was managing the horses excellently well and asked whether he would enter his service the lord of avannes replied that he would saying that he was but a poor groom who knew no trade except the carrying of horses but in this he could do so well that he would assuredly give satisfaction at this the gentleman was pleased and having given him the charge of all his horses entered his house and told his wife that he was leaving for the castle and confided his horses and groom to her keeping the lady as much to please her husband as for her own diversion went to see the horses and looked at the new groom who seemed to her to be well favoured though she did not at all recognise him seeing that he was not recognized he came up to do her reverence in the spanish fashion and kissed her hand and in doing so pressed it so closely that she at once knew him for he had done the same at the dance from that moment the lady thought of nothing but how she might speak to him in private and contrived to do so that very evening for being invited to a banquet to which her husband wished to take her she pretended that she was ill and unable to go the husband being unwilling to disappoint his friends thereupon said to her since you will not come my love i pray you take good care of my horses and hounds so that they may want for nothing the lady deemed this charge a very agreeable one but without showing it she replied that since he had nothing better for her to do she would show him even in these trifling matters how much she desired to please him and scarcely was her husband outside the door than she went down to the stable where she found that something was amiss and to set it right gave so many orders to the serving-men on this side and the other that at last she was left alone with the chief groom when fearing that some one might come upon them she said to him go into the garden and wait for me in a summer-house that stands at the end of the alley this he did and with such speed that he stayed not even to thank her when she had set the whole stable in order she went to see the dogs and was so careful to have them properly treated that from mistress she seemed to have become a serving-woman 
afterwards she withdrew to her own apartment where she lay down weariedly upon the bed saying that she wished to rest all her women left her excepting one whom she trusted and to whom she said go into the garden and bring here the man whom you will find at the end of the alley the maid went and found the groom whom she forthwith brought to the lady and the latter then sent her outside to watch for her husband's return when the lord of avon found himself alone with the lady he doffed his groom's dress took off his false nose and beard and not like a timorous groom but like the handsome lord he was boldly got into bed with her without so much as asking her leave and he was received as the handsomest youth of his time deserved to be by the handsomest and gayest lady in the land and remained with her until her husband returned then he again took his mask and left the place which his craft and artifice had usurped on entering the courtyard the gentleman heard of the diligence that his wife had shown in obeying him and he thanked her heartily for it sweetheart said the lady i did but my duty tis true that if we did not keep watch upon these rogues of servants you would not have a dog without the mange or a horse in good condition but now that i know their slothfulness and your wishes you shall be better served than ever you were before the gentleman who thought that he had chosen the best groom in the world asked her what she thought of him i will own sir she replied that he does his work as well as any you could have chosen but he needs to be urged on for he is the sleepiest knave i ever saw so the lord and his lady lived together more lovingly than before and he lost all the suspicion and jealousy with which he had regarded her seeing that she was now as careful of her household as she had formerly been devoted to banquets dances and assemblies whereas also she had formerly been wont to spend four hours in attiring herself she was now often content to wear nothing but a dressing-gown over her chemise and for this she was praised by her husband and by every one else for they did not understand that a stronger devil had entered her and thrust out a weaker one thus did this young lady under the guise of a virtuous woman like the hypocrite she was live in such wantonness that reason conscience order and moderation found no place within her the youth and tender constitution of the lord of Vauvan could not long endure this and he began to grow so pale and lean that even without his mask he might well have passed unrecognized yet the mad love that he had for this woman so blunted his understanding that he imagined he had strength to accomplish feats that even hercules had tried in vain however being at last constrained by sickness and advised thereto by his lady who was not so fond of him sick as sound he asked his master's leave to return home and this his master gave him with much regret making him promise to come back to service when he was well again in this wise did the lord of avon go away and all on foot for he had only the length of a street to travel 
on arriving at the house of his good father the rich man he there found only his wife whose honourable love for him had been in no whit lessened by his journey but when she saw him so colourless and thin she could not refrain from saying to him i do not know my lord how your conscience may be but your body has certainly not been bettered by your pilgrimage i fear me that your journeyings by night have done you more harm than your journeyings by day for had you gone to jerusalem on foot you would have come back more sunburnt indeed but not so thin and weak pay good heed to this one and worship no longer such images as those which instead of reviving the dead cause the living to die i would say more but if your body has sinned it has been well punished and i feel too much pity for you to add any further distress when my lord of avon heard these words he was as sorry as he was ashamed madam he replied i have heard that repentance follows upon sin and now i have proved it to my cost but i pray you pardon my youth which could not have been punished save by the evil in which it would not believe thereupon changing her discourse the lady made him lie down in a handsome bed where he remained for a fortnight taking nothing but restoratives and the lady and her husband constantly kept him company so that he always had one or the other beside him and although he had acted foolishly as you have heard contrary to the desire and counsel of the virtuous lady she nevertheless lost naught of the virtuous love that she felt towards him for she still hoped that after spending his early youth in follies he would throw them off and bring himself to love virtuously and so be all her own end of section nine tale twenty six part one